Hi, dear listener. Zach here. I'm proud of the work we did on Call of Discovery and Keyforge Public Radio, and last year I took my love of podcasts full-time with my company, Rooster High Productions. If you know someone with a business who wants to broadcast their expertise through podcasts and derived social media marketing, send them my way to Zach at RoosterHigh.com. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to Call of Discovery, the podcast where we invite you on a journey into the Crucible for a weekly or fortnightly celebration of all things Keyforge, its community, and the excitement of Discovery. I'm your co-host, Zach, and I have with me, as always, the one, the only, Ed Pocock. How are you, Ed? I'm doing very well, Zach. Thank you. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. And I'm also very glad because uh, we have Danny Shaper, lead developer of Keyforge, back to talk about a unique deck with us today. How are you doing today, Danny? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you for thank you for coming back. Thank you for coming back. We're very excited to get to talk about your deck today. You're the first guest we've ever had that didn't run away after that first episode. <laughs> 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 yeah. Mm. Uh, myself included. Myself included. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and anyone that's watched that most recent episode of the Crucible cast will know that you are also a big fan of deck discovery in Keyforge. And we are, I think, super excited to see what weird and wonderful decks you, you find on your scavenger hunt. Yes, I'm, I'm so excited to see what people pull up from the, uh, the scavenger hunt. I think that was... Uh, so it was just a really cool idea we had to see what what kind of wild things had come up now that we have enhanced and everything in mass mutation and uh, and honestly like we had we had so many items that we cut from the list just to keep you know it to a reasonable <laughs> length so so I'm sure right. there's some some even wackier stuff that that's out there that it doesn't quite fit into one of the categories. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, so today is our deck discovery episode where. Uh, Someone named Danny Schaefer has brought us a deck that the name of the deck he's going to tell us. Uh, Danny Schaefer <laughs> has brought us a unique deck that we're going to dive into, look at how it's weird, how it's wonderful, how it's uniquely his. So, uh, Danny Schaefer, what's the name of your deck, Mr. Danny Schaefer? The name of the deck is Danny Schaefer, the Strand King. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, how, how did you get this? Uh, some people may know exactly how you got this, but uh, I anticipate a bunch of our audience doesn't know why you have a deck with your name on it. Yeah, so um, this was a really cool thing that uh, FFG did last, uh, last holiday season, I guess, last December, where they uh, did a special um, little tiny print run of Keyforge decks each of which had the name of uh, one of the FFG employees in it. So everybody at our holiday party got a deck with their name on it. And uh, it was really cool. And especially since nobody on the Keyforge team uh, even knew what was happening. It was a surprise for everyone, actually. And uh, wow. a really awesome surprise, yeah. 
That's a really nice touch. That's a really yeah. nice touch. And and you did well by the procedural generation as well. It could have called you anything, and it called you a king. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I, uh, oh, gosh. I can't remember exactly what Matt Newman got, but it was <laughs> something about how he was elderly or something. I was like, oh, Matt, no. <laughs> oh, he, was, uh, he was a little bitter about that, I, I think, <laughs> in his, you know, his mm. Matt way. That's Goodness. funny. Oh, I think it was uh, elderly Matt Newman of the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Oh goodness. Yeah. So Strand King, not so bad, all things considered. Yeah. Yeah. Given given where uh, given the direction procedurally generated names can go, I think Strand King is a uh, is a mighty fine one. Is a mighty fine one. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, even just looking at this at the Master Vault, uh, there, uh, what's probably the first thing somebody's going to notice when glancing at this deck, Danny? Uh, I think they would probably notice I have an anomaly. I've got. Uh, is, was that the direction you were going? Oh yeah, that was. You can. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. obviously it's the the double blood shard imp. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, no, yeah, I have an Infomancer. In, uh, it's a Dis Logos Untamed, and I have a Logos Infomancer, which is pretty cool. Uh, the deck with my name got an anomaly, which I was pretty excited about. And uh, Infomancer is uh, it's a cool one. That, they're all cool, but I, I like Infomancer a lot. Just the ability to potentially play the same action over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. For our listeners who might not have uh, uh, opened or sought out an Infomancer before, that's a three-power creature. It's the anomaly with the lightning all around it. And it says, play, graft an action card from your hand onto Infomancer, place it face up under this card, and then when it reaps, you trigger the play of effect of an action card grafted onto Infomancer. So a uh, really fun, you know, possible yeah. future mechanic, uh, the theme of these, the theme of these uh Anomalies, so a very, very cool card to get in your special Christmas deck. And, and Danny, would you call Infomancer a potentially unfathomable card? We're trying to hard here. We're trying to hard. British dad jokes. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so have you? Uh, have you had the chance to get some uh, repetitions in with this particular deck that bears your name? So I have, um, unfortunately, not for. Uh, I haven't played any in-person KeyForge with mm. uh, you know a real person for a few months now because I, I live alone and there's uh, you know it's a horrible pandemic. Right. Uh, but I did uh, that first night at the party, and then uh, a few times after that, in uh, beginning of this year, play some games with it. I will say it's not necessarily the most powerful deck. You uh, you might notice it doesn't have much in the way of amber control and it also uh it's not really built for racing from what i've seen it Mm -hmm. uh it has some you know some good uh it can control the board pretty well was my experience a lot of uh damage a lot of destroy effects uh you can get some nice combos with infomancer i think the first game i played with it i put maybe either an i think an unsuspecting prey on my infomancer and got out an anomaly exploiter and was sort of uh, whittling away the board that way. But mm-hmm. 
I'm not going to say it's, it's the greatest stick I've ever played, but it's fun. I, I enjoy it for <laughs> sure. And having that anomaly is, is pretty cool. Well, great greatness can mean different things to different people. So uh, a, a deck with one's own name and, and an anomaly may may in one way be the greatest deck. But I see what you mean. And besides, two mimicry just means you have, uh, you know, basically whatever you need when you need it. So uh, that just can make up for any weakness, I'm sure. I do, I do love the double mimicry. That's mm-hmm. uh, it's one of my favorite cards, honestly. As I was saying, I'm a big Untamed fan, so I was happy to see Untamed in this deck. And uh, mimicry is a really cool one. Mm-hmm. I do, I do enjoy any effect that lets you borrow, copy, or otherwise steal a card or effect from your opponent's deck, especially when you're going across set because you never know what sort of completely broken situation you're about to create. So double mimicry, yeah. Uh, helps us get there. <laughs> yeah, indeed. I love those kind of effects too. I um, I think we'll see more of them in the future. That's uh, that's I guess all I can really say. But yeah, I, I do uh, I do like those kind of effects that interact differently with uh, your opponent's cards and can really get kind of fun and crazy if you go across sets. Those are those are always really cool. Mm-hmm. And talking of fun and crazy, there's a real toolbox of, of of things in this deck, and there's a crazy killing machine as well. And Danny, was this a card that you you had a hand in designing? This, I, as I recall, it's been a little while now. I believe this mm. is a Richard Garfield original. Ooh, um, interesting. Yeah, interesting. And it's that's a really fun card. Yeah, and it's, it is a very Richard card. I feel like I feel like he often. Um, when he when he uh, designed Keyforge cards, you would see a lot of these sort of effects that have a little bit of randomness built into it, a little bit of um, you know caring about house, but in kind of a unique way. And just yeah, a card that builds a bit more swinginess and a bit more unpredictability into the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you always put those in. I, I, yeah, I love Crazy Killing Machine. It's a great one. Yeah, yeah, that is a that is certainly a fun one. Uh, so you mentioned you mentioned this deck uh, does pretty well at, at holding a board. Uh, what would you say are um, you know accepting the the possible different matchup? Of course, what what are you most hoping on this list to see in your opening hand mm. when you when you've played this deck? The most obvious one that I love to start with is Infomancer. It's always fun to just get that out uh, very early, and hopefully they can't deal with it right away, and you can get a few uses out of that action. Mm-hmm. Other than that, again, as as I was saying, it doesn't have a lot of its own steel effects or too many capture effects. So it's always nice to see Molfin, uh, that's a or um, also blood shard, the two bloodshard imps uh, are kind of nice as well because just uh, to slow down my opponent's ability to to mess up my ember, uh, I always feel pretty good about that. Mm. I also have an Onyx Knight in here, which is not necessarily an opening hand card, but it's uh, mm-hmm. it is good uh, to get into play. You know, if if my opponent starts to get away from me a little bit uh, as far as the board goes. Uh, unfortunately, it does kill my own Infomancer. Right. Yeah. Unless, of course, you know, I, I do have Infomancer the fittest, so I could always, you know, bump Infomancer up to mm. even power, then mm-hmm. Onyx Knight. I think I did that the first game I played with it, actually. It felt, <laughs> felt pretty clever. Nice. <laughs> yes. I have I have an Onyx Knight deck with mostly even-powered creatures, but there are two odd creatures, but I also have a Blood of Titans, and thanks to basic mathematics, uh, that, uh, that helps preserve, <laughs> preserve some things there. Odd plus odd equals even. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh. and Indeed. You, you've got a couple of exhumes here as well. So even if they do manage to get rid of your Infomancer or uh, even if you, you you manage to sacrifice it with your own Onyx Knight, you might just be able to bring it straight back again. 
Yes, I do love that. Having the it's always kind of crummy to have like a sweet creature in your deck and then it, it just gets killed right away and you're like, Oh, I gotta uh-huh. wait till I go through my deck to redraw it. So having those exhumes really, really makes it a lot more fun. Really. Uh, uh, unless your infomancer stay in play. And it also gives you some, some options where it's like, I put an okay, uh, action card on my infomancer, but I have a better one in hand now. So maybe I can crash it and, you know, fight with it kill it off, exhume it back and put a better action underneath it. Yeah, um, sure. Some fun plays like that. Sure. And, and which action cards would be your optimal targets, do you think, for, for Infomancer here? Let's see. Which ones are like the best? Uh, you know, I'm I'm a sucker for drawing more cards. So I, I do I'm not above just putting a Tau Tau Vapors under an Infomancer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> drawing and archiving every single turn. That's that's always gonna be fun to me. Um, as I, uh, you know, uh, draining touch is also not bad. Like I have a lot of, a lot of different forms of removal on actions in the deck. I feel mm-hmm. like, uh, between cauldron boil, draining touch, I had another one that I totally forgot about. And so, uh, a festering touch mm-hmm. <clears throat> depending on what, what I want to do. So sometimes you can just get that repeated removal going and that's kind of fun. And the deck also has some nice artifact control options like uh, artifact heavy decks aren't too scary to me poltergeist and uh remote access yes. those, yeah. those are kind of nice ones and it's good mm-hmm. to have those across uh, two houses as well R. yeah mm. good on tape even there's a rust yeah. R, which doesn't work with infomancer but is uh yeah uh, no matter what house i am i can uh can mess with artifacts a little bit Mm. Mm-hmm. I am. I am kind of imagining the hilarity of um of the fittest underneath Infomancer just pumping all the creatures up every turn. I had a game like that as well. That uh, <laughs> it was one of those games where you know I had the biggest creatures and my opponent couldn't really keep any creatures in play for very long, but. Uh, I failed to translate that board advantage into any kind of uh, amber <laughs> or key forcing advantage. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Maybe lost sight of the aim of the game uh, in that one. But it sure. was fun. Yeah, what were uh, in, in those handful of games you had with it at the uh, at the Christmas party and then at then elsewhere? Were there any particularly memorable uh, games or particular moments that you managed to uh, that you managed to have with it? I think the, the, again, it's been a while now, mm. but the one I remember is when I, I, th- I think when I threw down an Infomancer with an Exhume under it, mm. and I put a Feathered Shaman next to that Infomancer. Nice. So nice. it was uh, consistently getting warded, and I was just, uh, I, I was never short of creatures for that game. That one, that one went very well, actually. Uh, <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, that sounds super, super yeah. fun. I really, I just honestly, the, I really love um, having flexibility in my decks. And so I do like having a deck with both Infomancer and uh, Quant. Just, uh, you know, being able to call Logos but get those those off-house actions, I, I, I really enjoy. Yeah, and with Double Sanitation Engineer and Hapsis, there's certainly a uh, some version of a magical Christmas land <laughs> where you can just keep calling Logos over and over again. Um, playing your infomancer action and just cycling your hand a little bit of uh pre a little bit of pre star alliance star alliance there or is this exactly. worldwide? this is, is worldwide, so contemporary with star alliance but right. yeah yeah 
I, I do feel like generally Logos has been my uh, the house I find myself calling the most in uh, in this mm. deck. Um, you know, the, there's some good stuff in Dis and uh, also in Untamed, but uh, a little more situational. Sometimes you have those. Sometimes you have those hands where you've got two of the fittest and not really any creatures. Mm, yeah. Right. Go, it's always kind of a bummer. Oh, great. My single blood shard imp is four power. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You get the end before. Exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, oh good. I think I also had a camouflage on my infomancer that game. Mm. He was he was a very safe infomancer. Feather <laughs> shaman and camouflage. That's nice. a favorite kind of infomancer. Oh, and I did I did notice uh, for the first time when actually looking at this deck in preparation for this episode that camouflage is a part of the superior duck uh, a part of the superior duck story that appears in flavor text. Yes. Yeah, I didn't realize that camouflage was a part of the superior duck story here. So it's at least uh, camouflage and and um, Eureka. I don't know where else yeah. else it has. Where superior else it has duck. Been, I love this. Why did I not know about this? <laughs> and, and where's the superior <laughs> duck card? <laughs> so so camouflage. I don't think Danny can tell us yet. Um, but uh, <laughs> the superior duck, right? Mm. Uh, but camouflage's flavor text reads: We found it while searching through the. Uh, Kernois Bog for Superior Duck. <laughs> uh, and then... Dr. And then, Escoterra, of course. Saying yes, that. yes, from um, Dr. Escoterra. Mm. And then Eureka, which has been a, a favorite of several friends of mine, is 15 years, 40 million UX credits, and a 3% improvement on the real duck. So it's And with the duck in the test tube, it's just like you were talking about uh, on the previous episode, that, that silliness that you you get to embrace in Keyforge this, uh, honestly, you know, quite pretty strong card. Eureka is, uh, yeah. you know, if you're thinking about it in that context of, okay, I'm an archon. I have gathered tactics and, and creatures to my side. I am playing Eureka. So this is means I am an archon. I'm having a scientific breakthrough about making ducks better. Like, like, and yes. that is, that is getting me towards this vault. Like it's just, it's just so beautiful. It's just well, so beautiful. I, I, Looking forward to set six, Quacks of the Crucible. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the houses are ducks exactly. now. They're all ducks. <laughs> you, thought, you, you thought mutants were crazy? Wait wait until everything is uh, typed up. There you go. Oh, my God. You guys have been listening in on our design meetings. <laughs> there's, a, there's another idea for a supplementary keyboard to that for you, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> goodness well okay so we, we i mean we, we've looked at some of the cards that you've got in this deck but as i suppose the the architect of of archons if there was one card that you could put in this deck whether it just be because it's a great combo with infomancer or whether it be because it's that one card that you feel is missing from your hand what would it be i do consider this our most sacrilegious question for a unique deck indeed game. <laughs> yeah well what kind of a game do you think this is um yeah um so as i was saying i think the the thing that i always miss the most is just having that little bit uh that little bit more amber control i feel like there there's so been so many games so many of the games that i've played with this deck where my opponent just gets to exactly six amber and I'm like, well, 
I, you've got a key. I can't, can't even keep you off of that. So, uh, yeah, I just wish I, I mean, I have, uh, information mm. exchange is my only real thing that I can put on Infomancer to, uh, to interact with, with Amber directly. So I think I would want just some way to really just any way that, uh, I could disrupt the opponent's keys a little bit. Maybe, Something like the evil eye in Dis might be kind of a, a fun one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, build, build your own, build your own match of broken dreams. Yeah. What, what was that? Or an anguish, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That that amber control is yeah. really really key, isn't it? Particularly to reining in some of those rush decks that that exist in the wild. Yeah. Exactly. You, you know, even uh, an infernus mm. would would not be out of place here. I don't mm-hmm. think. <laughs> that is that is kind of funny when you ask what card would you add and Danny just says literally any amber control <laughs> literally, yeah. literally alternatively you know give me a fertility chant or something and I'll just I'll just race you mm. right uh, yeah, yeah a fertility chant unfortunately not a great target for infomancer funnily <laughs> enough you're right oh my gosh <laughs> all amber icons <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, dear. oh my gosh yeah i uh, i saw someone post a science officer morpheus deck that says uh you know when your play your creatures play abilities trigger a second time but they also had a fuzzy gruin which i didn't think was particularly helpful uh, no which has play your opponent gains one oh, so. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. so really yeah. yeah i wish i had like a <laughs> a eureka where the amber bonus is part of the play effect instead of uh, right Sort of, um, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> if only you were the designer, um, perhaps you could. <laughs> <laughs> Danny gets out of Sharpie. I'm allowed to make changes. I'm the designer. Exactly. Yeah, this is official. Make set focused around ducks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the notes that you've scribbled yeah. over the course of the episode. <laughs> but uh, uh, in in this theoretical uh, situation where you've got a Sharpie to these cards, um, but in a in an actual theoretical situation where you're taking this deck out to to play it somewhere, you know, we've talked about maybe it wouldn't uh, go quite toe to toe with some of the the bigger, badder Archon decks out there, uh, but. Keyforge is beautiful because there's variants and very interesting mm. variants that let you know us use decks like this. So, uh, do you think you would take it to a different kind of variant if you know you were relaxing and had plenty of free time and and headed out to uh, some sort of competition? Oh, sure. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, this is almost you know the sort of deck that Adaptive is for, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. kind of a weird deck. It's got. Uh, you know, like an infomancer that people might have played with that much. So I think there's, uh, it's not the strongest deck, it's not the weakest deck, but it's a deck that I think probably rewards you for for knowing it, knowing its ins and outs uh, better than the next person does. So <laughs> when uh, local face-to-face tournaments are, are back in my area, maybe I'll, I'll give it a spin and adapt it. Yeah, and I have to say it's step two of Adaptive where you hand your deck to your opponent. I, I couldn't imagine really a better flex than to hand them a deck with your own name on it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you really think you can play Danny Schaefer, the Shrimp King, Danny Schaefer himself? You've got to go wearing a crown as well to the event. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're like, Matt Newman, why didn't you bring your deck? Oh, don't even ask. Don't even ask. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh. 
It, it's hard to tell in the picture, but Infomancer is actually uh, just a, a mutant duck. by the way call of the ducks exactly what this podcast is going to be called when that set comes out (laughs) right (laughs) fantastic goodness well a a huge thank you once more uh danny for coming back and joining us for a second episode and uh yeah spending time with us here on call of discovery of course thank you so much again for having me this has been uh this has been great fun awesome for us too for us too and uh, where can people find you on the socials, presuming you want to be found, of course? Uh, yeah, so pretty much I'm just on uh, Facebook, um, in the Keyforge Facebook group. You can probably find me without too much trouble, Danny Schaefer. Um, yeah, no, no Twitter, nothing fancy like that. I'm a, a simple man when it comes to social media. <laughs> That's cool. Keeps things focused. Thank you so much, Danny. And if you want to hear more from us, you can find us on all of the usual places, the Twitter, the Instagram, and of course, the Facebook. Huge welcome as well to our newest Patreon, Shapstation. Andrew, thank you very much. And if you are willing and able, dear listener, then we would love for you to join our Patreon family, which can be found, you guessed it, on Patreon with lots of lovely, weird and wonderful perks now and in the future. And if you are enjoying Call of Discovery, then why not leave us a review on your regular podcast app? If you leave us a review, then we are going to make it our business to read out the weird, wonderful and most surprising reviews that we get in the true Discovery nature. But before you go, the most important thing If you think a friend will enjoy this podcast, then please do help them to discover it. Have you answered the call of discovery?